When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Dustin, Zach, it's Stone. I just uh, asphyxiated Fred Ward and I don't want to have to do the same thing to you. I've had my way with Kate Mulgrew. Frankly, I don't think you want to go that route with me, so I'd like to get my Airsots diamond back from you. It was promised to me, and frankly, uh, hold on just a second. Uh, woo! Oh, yeah. Send the diamond along, and I appreciate it. And uh, I like to put my appreciation into real terms. Cheers. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah. This is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. time in the making on this one. Oh man we've been talking about Remo Williams for years. Remo may have been one of the first things we talked about in our lives. I think so. Together I- in our lives together. <laughs> it was like the Wraith, Real Genius and Remo Williams quite possibly because of the the song that's featured in the movie not the score maybe the score too. Not the score. And it's one of those movies too that we've talked about where we're like the fan base for this film or the popularity may not be so high. Like it's not, it's not one of those movies that when people say, what are your top movies from the eighties? People don't ever bring up Remo Williams. No, nobody knows. You know, there was no one from the Brat Pack in this movie. Um, there, it, it was, it, it is a, 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 certainly a cult classic. Cult classic for sure. Um, 
Although if you go on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's like 41% fresh. Oh. Which is not very high. Um, yeah. I, I think that's grossly under uh, underappreciated. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I think this movie in general is an underappreciated film. I think uh, I was looking at some of the kind of comments about what people liked and didn't like about this movie. And while I don't disagree necessarily, I I feel like this film doesn't, it gets it gets a bad rap. Yeah. No, it definitely gets a bad rap. I think part of it is, uh, well, hey, for those joining us, guess what? We're talking about Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. From 1985, 1985. Yeah. And it's not just called like Remo Williams or Remo the Destroyer nope. based on the novels, comic books, whatever. Because this was supposed to be a franchise. Yes. Launching the adventure. Starring Fred Ward. Yep. The origin. This is where this is where the adventure was gonna begin and then continue. Yes. But it never continued. No. I no. mean it, it technically continued on TV. There is a TV pilot that existed and it starred Roddy McDowell uh in the role of Chun. Mm-hmm. Chin mm-hmm. was played by um, Joel Gray in the movie. Right. And Roddy McDowell took that over. Remo was played by a different actor. The name escapes me at the moment. Uh, but, but it wasn't Fred Ward. It was not Fred yeah. Ward. Fred Ward did not continue on. Um, I, I got to be honest, though. Like it, it, I don't remember seeing that pilot when I was a kid. I watched it since on YouTube. but Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I guess I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. Um, maybe on our Instagram, we'll post some like clips from. Yeah, it we can maybe pause, watch, watch that pilot. <laughs> what is it like a 20, 20 minute? No, one? it's like an hour. So for you, you're like, nah, it's too long for me. Yeah, an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but but that doesn't yeah. it doesn't really matter because the the movie came out. Uh, it it didn't spawn this franchise like it was supposed to. And I think there's a lot of factors for that. It's unfortunate that it didn't because I love this movie. I mean, I love this movie when I was, I saw it when I was a kid. Uh, I've seen it countless times on HBO. Yep. Uh, own the VHS, own the DVD, own yep. the Blu-ray, blah, 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 blah. It, it's one yep. of those movies that you can easily pop in. It's two hours long, which is a really long movie for this genre and this time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times it does feel like a little bit of a made for T te- like a television series. Yes. Like, oh, this is episode two. Yeah. But uh to be honest with you, I'm in for the whole ride. Yeah, it's uh I obviously I feel the same way. Watched it countless times on HBO. Um, the whole premise of you know, a, a guy with no real family connections with no you know no one would miss them if they were gone that kind of that kind of character uh who's maybe you know kind of oafish but a good loyal steadfast cop in this case who is then you know that his death is then faked and um and then he's recreated as this character Remo based on Really, just Wilford Brimley glancing at a at a uh, what is what is he? He glances at like a toilet or it's something. A, it's a bedpan. Yeah, um, a bedpan. Uh, right. Uh, the Emperor, um, Con Mc, Mc, Con McCleary. Yeah. Right. 
played by uh, J.A. Preston. Yeah. Very talented actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, him and Wolford Brimley, like the, they're kind of like he's the second in command to Wolford Brimley, right? Wolford Brimley's like Harold Smith. He he plays uh, Harold Smith. Yep. He's like a, well, how do you describe his character? He's just kind of like the, you know, like the, the, the leader of this group of government that is not supposed to exist. And I always love those those things you know we take on the assignments that you know things are meant to look like accidents or whatever and so yeah so recreating a guy to be an assassin um is such a cool concept with the use of a bedpan with the use of a bedpan <laughs> yeah uh yeah justin hurst uh on our on our instagram had pointed this out as well um uh, remo arkansas remo arkansas uh, is is isn't not even a real city, and I remember, oh. and I remember as a kid too. I'm like, is that a real place? Because and like, can you get bedpans there? Because my, my mom had <laughs> my mom had a bedpan on her wall. Oh, that seems useful. I don't know why, mom. I know you're listening. Why why did you have a bedpan on the wall? It was like an old timey. It just like was mounted there, like yeah, a with a nail, you know. I mean, I don't think my mom put her finger through it like Chun did to the fingerboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm digressing yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, it, so like darker than CIA, like yes, yes. underneath that. Yeah, because we all know how dark the CIA yep. is. Um, in in about two weeks, when we have our interview with Patrick Kilpatrick, he's very passionate about our government uh, and and the dealings there. And darker than that. And uh, for those that might not be familiar with Patrick Kilpatrick, of course, in this movie, he plays the character of Stone, who uh, very memorable for his uh, diamond tooth. Yes. His um, which plays a, just a, a pivotal role in this whole movie. And his nose, um, if you're interested, because we talk a little bit about it in the interview with Patrick, he's had uh, quite a few um, surgeries on his nose. That he details in his biography why he wound up with the nose that he has, but you can see his nose in this looks dramatically different than it does now. Yes, uh, and there is a legitimate reason for that. But but yeah, he he's got that tooth, and he doesn't have many lines in the movie. But what he does have, it, it's just he, you want to see him get his face caved in. You do. And he does get his spoiler. You do. He does get his face caved in. Um, you do. You know, this may not like we've said this. This isn't the most popular of films. It's definitely a cult classic. So not everybody's seen it. If you haven't seen it, it's free on YouTube, by the way. You can go watch it in all its pristine glory. Oh, it's all there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you can go watch it there. Um, so turn this off now. Go watch it and then come back yeah. if you haven't seen it. Turn this off now. Yeah. It's um and then come back to us. Don't turn don't right. don't don't turn us off and then come not come back to us. If you turn us off and don't come back, Zach will know and he will not be nice to you. That was a 2XL reference, by the way. Do you know what 2XL is? No, I don't. 2XL was a... Wrestling... Uh, no, pre-Teddy pre, pre Teddy Ruxpin. It was a talking 8-track player, that robot uh, that you could put 8-tracks in its belly and it did trivia. Okay. I own this. Okay, yes, sure. I own two of them, actually. Are you saying owned or oh, are you saying own present owned, tense? No ED at the end. Own two of them. Yes. Okay. And um, he they did trivia they do he does trivia and and he had a little booklet came with 2xl where he asked you questions in the booklet yeah and he says you know turn this off read the booklet and come back to it does he work can we get a little of you playing with it yeah for the yeah actually i can the uh, episode yep we can we can insert it right here 
Yeah, I've had 2XL since I was, well, it was my brother's toy that was going to get thrown away, and I well, saved why, it. Why do you have two? Uh, because I bought another one for the parts. Oh, okay. Because the inside is very bare. The wiring's okay, very yes, bare, but, yes. but I switched out the parts and kept yes. the original one. Okay. And I've got, uh, it plays music eight tracks, too. I've got Saturday Night Fever, uh, Little Richard. That's great to that, That's fun. That yeah, that's so much cooler. I was like, I was like, I'm like sure this is a wrestling thing. No, and I'm not gonna know what it is. Two XL is phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, that's from well, the 70s. yeah. So anyway, don't don't yeah, don't two XL us, uh, when you're listening to this. But so just getting back to the idea that this movie was gonna be like a franchise, action franchise. Yes. Um, directed by Guy Hamilton, a Brit. Uh, you know, the, the, the clearly, clearly everyone involved was like, we want some, we want some clout. So they got, they got a guy known for some of the best James Bond movies. Goldfinger uh, is one, uh, I think the man with golden gun. What, what else we got? Live and uh, let die. Live and let die. Diamonds are forever. Right. So I mean, Jesus, right. like you get that guy, you're like, all right, we're good. And the writer, uh, Christopher Wood, it's like same thing. It's like yep. yeah, Christopher Wood did a bunch of uh, Bond films ton, as well. Ton of Bond, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the Bond team. So you're like, we got the Bond team. Is Fred Ward that guy? You know, he's he's not charismatic like James Bond. He's not like a ladies' man like James Bond. He has a lot of um, specific charm. After seeing this movie, everything that I saw Fred Ward in since, I was like, I always liked him because I'm like, oh, he's Remo. Yeah, I always I always thought of Fred Ward as Remo Williams. Mm-hmm. I think up until this point, I had seen him in movies like Southern Comfort, for example. Um, oh my gosh, I think he was he was in, yeah he was in Silkwood, The Right Stuff, uh, yeah. Time Rider, which is actually a really fun movie. Time Rider, yeah, uh, yeah. Escape from Alcatraz. He had a small role in that, but he was always playing kind of like a, a well in Time Rider he was the lead. But he was always playing a supporting actor and not a lead actor, and has a yep. very int- like a distinctive look. He's got a he's got a hardened look. He looks he embodies that oafish cop that he plays in the beginning. And I'm leaving the name out for uh, maybe a what does Dustin know trivia question later. <clears throat> You're leaving the name out of 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 his name before he became. Oh, Williams. got it, got it. Wink, uh, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm saying? I. Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you're saying. I always think of him also from Secret Admirer, which is a movie that's oh, yeah. also kind of underrated, but he's also, he's a cop. I think it was 85 or 86. Um, See Thomas Howell? Yep, he's a cop in that as well. But he's just got those like, he's got those mannerisms, those Fred Ward, like that kind of that smirk that like, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I honestly like, I, I, I when he became Remo Williams, 
I wanted a G.I. Joe like Remo Williams because we're talking 85. I was nine at the time. Mm -hmm. You were probably like eight, eight or nine years old. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I wanted yeah. a G.I. Joe. Seven, that, seven, eight. Yeah. There the, you go. The later half. If this, what, what month did this come out? October. October. Okay. So it's almost eight. I was definitely seven at this time. And uh, and I wanted a G.I. Joe. Oh, you were seven? I was seven. Wait. No, I was nine. Okay. I was nine. Like we Sorry. Were like you were younger than me somehow. Whoa, I was going back <laughs> that, to time. That year you were younger than yeah, me. No, I, I was I nine that. for sure. Um, you, you gained some ground. I did, I did. In 89. I, I think what I, I like, I, I thought he looked cool. I drew pictures of Remo Williams like I, when I was doing like my D. Yeah. Not, I played this game called, instead of D&D, &D, it was Marvel. So it was like you took real life characters, but you made them in a, uh, but it was a D&D &D kind of idea, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Anyways, um, Loved him in that. And then I see him in stuff like Miami Blues. Yeah. And then Tremors. And I'm like, no, wait. Again, this goes back to what we talked about in previous episodes, idealizing an actor. Idealizing him in those roles. And then and then they don't live up to that. And you're like, oh, but yeah. I want to see him. So I would have loved to seen sequels of Remo. Would have loved that. To, to, uh, yeah. Because it's not just Fred Ward as Remo Williams. It's it's his relationship with Joel Gray, well Chun, yeah. played by Joel Gray, who's a, who's a, a uh, you know Caucasian actor playing a Asian man. So by today's standards, that couldn't happen. A Korean man that would not fly at all. We could not do it. Couldn't. It would be outrageous. Yeah, we would. Everyone would be be crazy, and not to uh, digress for a second, but I, the credits yeah. do say something like "Remo will be back," right? In Remo the, yeah, uh, I think Remo the Destroyer, I, 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 right? I think it is that too. Yeah, yeah. So I, like yeah. They, they prepare us for a sequel, and then because yeah. I'm sure the producers are like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be gold. This is a, a layup. <laughs> this is a no brainer." And it wasn't a layup. No. Uh, unfortunately, it was not a layup because. It did not do very well in the box office. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, I want to no. talk about the producers in a second because because yeah. because you realize who kind of was backing this. Um, yeah, it 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 only it made three million its opening weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it it came in like fourth the that weekend, which is not great. I mean, mm. let's be honest in your in your opening weekend, there were two other people considered for the role of Remo. Bruce Willis was one and who at that time, no one knew about Bruce Willis, but Ed Harris was the other one. And Ed Harris, you know, is kind of a hunky guy. And uh, uh, no, I don't think that would have worked either. I think that, that that strikes me as weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I whatever it, it, it is what it is. It didn't do well at the box office, which ultimately it was. We know that's what ends up. Making or breaking a movie. But um, did you notice in the credits who produced this? Dick Clark Productions. Oh. Wild. Yes. Dick Clark apparently was very pivotal in getting the kind of the whole Statue of Liberty scene, right? Arguably the best, the coolest scene um, to happen. Should have been the finale. Should have been the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so weird. So just... <laughs> I guess we should talk about we, like what we, the movie's about. We, we and then should, we'll do yes, it. we should do a little backstory. You, we also derailed you from talking a little bit about Joel Gray and his character. We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back but, to that. But there's a lot of a lot of just cool stuff with this movie. So, so the idea is that uh, Fred Ward is a cop, and he has this great mustache, very thick mustache. Which you uh, love your mustache, as you know. Like, well, because I just think that 
It's very hard to pull off a good mustache. Agreed. You've heard me talk about this many times. And if you got it, you should flaunt it. So you should you should grow one. Um, <laughs> Noted. But, but uh, you know, I, I understand there's there's a lot that goes into it. But just that, well, according you know, to Michael Perret, it takes a long time to cultivate a mustache. Yeah. But but Michael Perret can just do all forms of facial hair and it looks good. Like he can just, you know, when we saw him and spoiler upcoming interview with Michael Perret, you know, the man, the man, he's a handsome man. And he just had like some, he had like, it wasn't five o'clock shadow. He had beyond five o'clock shadow, but it was, it wasn't like a full beard, but it was, he just had a nice thing going. He can just do whatever he wants. That guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a hunky guy. He doesn't need to brush his hair. Yeah. He's, he's, he's good. So Fred Ward's character, uh, Fred Ward is a New York city cop. His, his death is faked. He's recruited into this secret organization as an assassin, given the new identity of Rima Williams. He is trained by this character, uh, Chun, to um, to not be slow, oafish. Uh, you move like pregnant yak. It's one of my favorite lines in the <laughs> oh movie. Oh my gosh, Chun has the best lines. Just the best movie. lines. Yeah. The best lines. Um, Joel Gray, of course, you know, most known for Cabaret, uh, being Jennifer Gray's dad. And that's uh, it. No, I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, the guy is like an amazing, amazing yeah, actor. Yeah. But, you know... The character is a Korean character. He has what at the time is I mean, astonishing makeup because really he looks, I mean, he looks realistically like an elderly Korean man. I did not know uh, at the, when I was that age, I did not know who Joel Gray was. No. So when I saw him, I did not associate. I'm like, I did not rec. I recognize that the, someone was wearing makeup. But I did not yeah. really put it together until I many years later. But I mean, we're talking like four hours, five hours of of makeup in the chair. And I think Joel Gray was initially very uh, reticent to do this until he saw what they were actually going to do. Because he's like, I don't want to offend an entire community. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, before I even uh, you know set set foot on 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 the screen, I'm going to like offend the entire population of, of Korea. But I'm going to play like a Charlie Chan kind of yes. thing, you know? No. Uh, Mickey Rourke. Uh, uh, um, sorry, not Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rooney. Mickey, huge, Mickey huge, Rooney. huge difference. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's is what I'm thinking of. Well, but, you know, yeah. Mickey Rourke's face nowadays. Right. <clears throat> Mickey Rourke. No offense, but. Mickey Rourke could be confused with having prosthetic makeup. Yes. So sad. No offense, Mickey. By the way, really quick, side come, on note, the, come on the show. You, you would please. You had talked about how this, yeah, this uh, they kind of were setting up the sequel. This was originally supposed to be three movies. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like a total, like a total franchise. Yes, the red, white, and blue version of James Bond. Yes, yes. Um, which they, you know, he could have pulled it off. Fred Ward easily. He did three, pull it off. three to start, three to start. But yeah, I mean, if you think about, you know, it's a, there's not like a ton of crazy things that happen in this movie as far as um, like villains and and to what we were talking about earlier. It's like the best the best action scene is actually like this weird trial, you know, where it, Patrick. It's not Patrick. even a, it's not even a uh, necessarily the villains aren't the stars of the the villain yeah. is the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, the villain, or you know, or um, and of course, you know, there's a whole a whole weapons, uh, co- corrupt weapons plot line. Yeah, yeah, the the organization that Remo eventually works for, uh, is wants to take down this this 
you know, corrupt government organization that is using uh, damaged uh, arms that that are killing our own troops uh, in in trial combat, and um, he needs to take them down. And the film, the the best moments of the movie are the training scenes with Remo and Chun, and in a way, it's like an action version of Karate Kid, uh, the first half, anyways where it is almost the entire first hour is Remo just learning with Chun. And then the second hour is Remo going on his mission, which yep. could have easily been two episodes of a of a TV series. For sure. And, um, and I think one of the things that initially enticed me is like, who, who as a kid doesn't love dodging bullets, uh, walking on water, running on cement, you know, all of these things these kind of magical elements of you know that's like the coolest stuff um did you try to do that as a kid because i did um i tried to probably i don't i remember distinctly trying to harden my nails okay tap 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 you know he's got a one of the training elements is a, is a fingerboard a yeah. chinese no korean korean is korean korean fingerboard uh training for word just keep tapping it tapping it your nails will get harder um, there is a, uh, yeah, I was like that. I, I was always like, oh, I'm going to tap. I'm going to tap. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, why, did, do I, why do I need strong fingers? Strong. Did you try to sit, uh, sit with, uh, holding yourself up with two fingers on each side? Like I knew that is? that was going to be impossible. <laughs> um, I never did an obstacle course in the dark, but I did try, you know, I set some up for, for, for daylight one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah. is that obstacle course yeah uh, i mean if you guys haven't seen this yeah. he does you know remo is like like dustin said he's this oafish kind of cop who who suddenly has to become this just ultimate badass yeah and he goes through a training period with chun chun who's very like um seems mild-mannered and loves to watch american soap operas which is hilarious and uh you know, ha but ha has a very clean, healthy lifestyle. And he's training Remo, not just physically, but also trying to eat properly too. Mm -hmm. Like Remo wants to eat SpaghettiOs and, he, yep. and he's trying to say the ingredients on the can. He's like, Manasuda, Manasuda. And, and then Remo's like, Manasudio Glymate. You can't even yeah. say it right. And he's like, I can say rat droppings, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and stuff like that. And then, but then, yeah, he does the obstacle course and then, um, a, a, an amazing scene on the Wonder Wheel uh, carousel, yes, right? Yes. Ferris wheel. One of my favorite, again, one of my favorite scenes. And then it culminates with the in the first half of the movie with the Statue of Liberty, which half of that was shot in Mexico. Yep. But you're saying Dick Clark Productions was pivotal in getting access to in the getting Statue in getting, I guess, I guess you know, clearance to actually shoot there because. They weren't allowed to touch the Statue of Liberty, but, you know, most of the exteriors and things like that are at the Statue of Liberty. And uh, for those that were alive at that time, there was a huge uh, renovation project. Yeah. So the Statue of Liberty was covered in scaffolding. Um, and it, you know, it totally was for, for many, many years. They were they were doing a, a restoration of of her um, of her of her body <laughs> and uh, they, were, they were doing a big restoration project. And so. But the production team wasn't allowed to actually touch the Statue of Liberty, so they that they made the replica in Mexico City. They shot, you know, a lot of this movie there, 
but you don't know that you can't tell that they're like intercutting. You're not like, Oh, that's clearly a different place. So, you know, kudos to them. That's a testament to how seamless it was, but yes, but Dick Clark apparently had, um, I guess he did a PSA for the statue of Liberty in exchange. Like that was how he was like trying wow. to get them to, wow. to, to sign off on letting them use the image. And they were like, we don't know Dick. And he's like, I'll do a PSA for, that's so cool for the, for the restoration. So that's so cool yeah. because I, I mean, Without that scene, this movie is this movie might not be as memorable. Well, actually, without that scene, this movie is not as memorable. Yeah, it certainly is not it's, the poster. It's uh, right. I mean, that's the one thing you think of. The iconic poster um, of him hanging from the lip statue. You know, I don't love heights. I, I really feel the heights. They, they shot this really oh well. Oh my god, so and, well. But, you know, and you're right. They don't. He doesn't. He battles three guys who work <laughs> three at guys there. Are there. Three schlubs. Yeah. And that get paid off by yeah. Tiffany too. I, I want to set the stage. It's a training yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. Like yes. Ch- Chun is just like, let's go to the Statue of Liberty because this is another part of your training. And his training is always, it's the coolest stuff ever. And so he's so doing, cool. he's, you know, he's always doing balance or like how fast you can get down something or whatever. So he's just up there. And yeah, Patrick Kilpatrick's just pays some construction workers to basically kill this guy, which is such a weird I, I never quite understood that because like these guys are not part of the organization, and I'm I, I, the that guys always, he pays. Or not yes, it always just yeah. struck me as such a weird thing. Like these are just dudes on a lunch break or something. <laughs> yes, and he's like, "Hey, I'll pay you." And do we know how much he pays them? Because no. I because I couldn't make you're like money. what 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 how much would be worth killing a guy? Yeah, make it look like an accident, you know. And then and then this is where you start to get into these caricature. You know, because one guy's just like, hey, man, you got to have a good, t-. you know, like, yeah, it's going to get crazy. He reminds me of like yeah. a, like a kind of the weaselish. Uh, well, he reminds me of a David Patrick Kelly type character. Yeah. You know, but he's yeah. second rate, third yeah. rate, fourth rate. So these construction workers are like trying to, you know, knock the pipes and knock them down. He's yeah, like, what an you, accident. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? You gonna you crazy? You're going to kill me. And they're like, yeah. And like, to me, that's just like such a weird thing. Cause like, if you're working construction and somebody comes over to you, like how much money are, 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 are you going to accept to, 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 to murder a guy? You're loading a, you're loading a question here. How much would it cost what's, for me to kill yeah, a man? Yeah. And make it look like an accident. I mean, what's, I'm going to say what's the money. There's not enough. Yeah. <clears throat> there's not enough. $1 million. $1 million. $1 million. But he's doing a cash handoff. He does. It's not a million. We know it's not a million. Well, maybe ten million. My guess would be. <laughs> my guess would be like top top price that he's giving them is like five hundred bucks. Two. I was gonna say two hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're talking nineteen eighty five inflation. Right. Add the add the one carry the two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but even but even five hundred bucks. Like, what? No. You guys work there. Yeah. Two dollar late fee. Breaking news. Hey guys, it's Dustin jumping into the middle of this episode to give you an update on this issue. I've just discovered that the price that Stone pays these construction workers is $3,000. It's $1,000 per man to kill Remo Williams. Thank you, and now back to our episode currently in progress. This has been $2 Late Fee Breaking News. Yeah, these guys, these guys... You know, you're you're essentially showing that these guys are total douchebags, yeah. like like yeah. thugs. 
working on the construction guys are thugs. No, they're not. But you know, th- these three dudes are, and, yes. uh, and, and yeah, paying these guys off and they, they don't get killed, but they get their asses handed to them. Well, one guy doesn't, I mean, do they all, cause one guy gets like wrapped or like, like hung by a noose or whatever. Well, I, that's, I was going to bring that up. Or I guess his arm is in there. Right? I was going to mention that because his, he, he looks like Remo. Remo ultimately gets his uh, the upper hand on these guys. Yeah. We're, we're not even like halfway through the movie and this happens. And it looks at one point they're on an elevator and he wraps a rope around the guy's neck. He does wrap it yeah. around his neck and then yeah. throws him out of the elevator, but suddenly it's on his leg. So yeah. I'm wondering if they were like, we're going to kill this guy, but then maybe in reshoots they're like, nah, we can't have him kill this guy. Well, right, because if you're an assassin... You're like, yes, he's got to be ruthless, but you can't just be killing random no. civilians. If he's going to be an American hero assassin, yeah. then he can't do that. Then he can't like do that. Like a Jason Bourne yeah. kind of thing. Oh, Jason Bourne. That's their, that's that's the new remote. Jason Bourne. Yeah. Interesting. Uh- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, oh, by the way, uh, Patrick Kilpatrick in that scene as Stone, he's got two buddies with him, his two partners. Yeah. Did you recognize one of those guys? Uh, it's been some time. It's John Polito. Do you know that name, John Polito? I do know that name. He was, I knew him from The Crow. He was like the the pawn shop guy. Mm-hmm. But he was, uh, one of his biggest movies he was in was Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's a, quite a few kind of named ca- character actors in this where I'm like, oh shit, that's cool. Like a little scene. Very small yeah. scene for him. He gets. See, see the one who runs into the cement? No. Oh. That's the other guy. That's the other guy who who right, I recognize, right, right, right. but I like never. He's never had a like a big career, so to speak. But yeah, John Polito plays the other one. Yeah, in fact, it's good stuff. It's a good. It's it's a really good scene. He was in Highlander too, by the way. He was a okay. detective in that. Yeah, it's a great. It's it is my favorite scene in the movie. Um, it is interesting because yeah, some people have said online, and again, like look, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But some people have said the movie after that point loses all its error. Yeah, I don't agree. I think it's just a different kind of movie because now you're like, no, this guy. Is it just a, changes. It change. Yeah. It does change. Yeah. It does change. But he's now officially the destroyer. Like yeah. he's an assassin and he's ready to go. Right. And he has. He still has the mission ahead of him because, uh, you know, he also has a little bit of vengeance in in, in mind as well because one of the, you know, I mentioned him earlier, J. A. Preston, who plays Con McCleary. Con is like. He's like, uh, Chun calls him the emperor, you know, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the heart and soul of this team. Like he's, he's the, yeah. he's the guy who he's the recruiter. Yeah. He's the recruiter, but he yeah. kind of brings everybody he, ultimately. I mean, he initially causes Remo, uh, uh, you know, death yeah. when he's the cop, um, which was a very, which is a really interesting scene because it takes you by surprise. Remo's yeah. like breaking up a mugging and or beat down this, this one little kid. And then the, the kid ends up kind of trying to kill Remo as well. It's, it's horrible. It's a horrible right? scene. You're just like, come on. But it's a really yeah. brutal scene. Yeah. Like that scene, 
because I watched this fairly recently, that scene is intense because the the sound effects in this film, uh, the impacts, the way mm-hmm. it's shot, mm-hmm. it's just shot so intensely and violently. Yep. Um, by the way, and I wanted to bring this up because it's a technical thing, the DP was Andrew Laszlo. Does that Andrew name sound familiar Laszlo. to you? It does not. So Andrew Laszlo was the DP on The Warriors oh, and Streets of Fire. Goodness. We were just talking we were about literally, Andrew Laszlo. We literally just mentioned Andrew Laszlo yesterday. <laughs> when we were interviewing um, Michael Perret, we brought him up because Michael Perret had mentioned him as uh, in regards to Streets of Fire and The Warriors and Inner Space and First oh, wow. Blood. He didn't bring up Inner Space and First Blood, but I yeah. am because those are right. two amazingly awesome 80s movies. Uh, the guy is a legend. Uh, oh, I think he also did Southern Comfort. So, you know, he did a bunch of Walter Hill films. Uh, Thief of Hearts, which is a, 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 fun, a movie I enjoy. Ghost Dad. <clears throat> you know, you know what's weird about uh, uh, Ghost Dad uh, is... Or, or notable, I should say, other than uh, Bill Cosby uh, being a, a, a sexual predator. Uh, <laughs> that's not mentioned in the movie, I don't think. Uh, Can we just talk about that for is, a second? Is, it's just one of those things. Like, It's directed by Sidney Poitier. And it's one of those weird trivia things where, you know, it's just like, I'll always remember, this is a movie directed by Sir Sidney. Well, Sidney Poitier did, well... Uh, he did fast forward uh, a, a Patreon friend of the show, oh, the dance movie, Aaron dance Gilmer. Movie. Yeah, uh, had just talked to us online about uh, the movie Fast Forward, an '80s movie. That's that's Sydney Poitier as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yep, those two movies. It's like uh, so weird. It it is so weird. It yeah. is so. I mean, we have to devote uh, down the road. We'll devote an entire episode, I think, to uh, to these some of these odd right? choices. Like, that what, they, what, yeah, that they huh? make. But Remo. Um, Remo is is a, I think what really ties. Have you seen Fast Forward, by the way? No, I've never okay. seen it. I've never seen. It. I watched the trailer though, and I was like, I think I need to see this movie. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's you know, as far as like eighties dance movies yeah, yeah. go, it's not up there for me at all. But it's 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 always about the break-ins uh, for yeah. me. Um, I know you don't like staying alive, and I love staying alive. Yeah, I don't like staying alive. Um, like even fame is better to me than fast forward. Would you say some um, girls just want to have fun as a dance movie? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean that's my wife's favorite. Yeah, so it's the only movie she's seen. <laughs> that's according to, according to how we present it, it's, like that's kind of our running joke. No, this it's that's one of not, the only movies she's seen on a, more than once. That's because um, she kind of once she watches yeah, a movie once she's like, what's the point? Right. You know, you brought up you brought up the fact that. Uh, that you know, or we both brought up the fact that the, the the villains are kind of like secondary to this story, and not not to disparage them at all. Uh, Charles Siofi is his name. He plays the main villain in the movie, uh, George Grove, and yeah. he's very like he's an he's very one note, very he's, annoying. There, I'm not a, yeah. like I don't dislike. I think he's a very good actor. Uh, his kind of right hand man is is Jim Wilson, played by Michael Pataki, yeah. who, like, I'm seeing him speaking with an English, like a like an American accent, and I'm like, 
Isn't that the Russian dude from Rocky Four? Right. Isn't that the Russian dude from American Anthem? Like, what's going on right. here? Guys, <laughs> what's going on here? Right. Yeah, these these villains are very like uh they're very one note, which is not a like it's not a bad thing. It's just more just like it, it, it's not the focus of this movie. Um, you know, and then and then they but they have the love interest. They've got Kate Mulgrew in there, who's I know she's been in a ton of stuff, but I've only seen her in this in Star Trek and then in Orange is the New Black. Right. Uh, I've certainly seen her in other things. She, was, she, was she in one of the Star Treks? Yeah, she was in one of the yeah. Star Trek series. Right. Uh, TV series. Deep Space Nine, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, everybody knows or her. Voyager. Oh, she's she, in Voyager. Yeah. Sorry, Trekkies. I don't give a crap about Diallo's that. Diallo's listening so. to this going, what? How dare yeah. you? I, he's writing a strongly worded Yelp review. <laughs> On Twitter. Yeah, um, on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and then don't get banned. Um, yep. Yeah, like like she, you know, she kind of serves as the foil in, in some ways. Like she, she has a purpose, but it's really that relationship between Chun and Remo uh, at, at, the, at the soul heart of this film. She like her character is like, you know, she's this 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 I mean, she's a soldier, but she's she's worked her she's way a major. up. Yeah. She's a major. She's a major. She's a major. But major. she's a woman. But she's a woman. And, and in the 80s and in the 80s, it was like like that was crazy for, for a major. So like and she got there, but she doesn't take any guff from anybody. You know, yeah, there's a she, line at one scene where they're like, be careful. She's a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, be careful, you know, and. But clearly, like no one in the movie actually respects her, and even Remo, he's just kind of like a, he's just a clod, you know. He's just like, oh, he's I do love that scene, and I've actually used that scene in a in a funny way when he meets her for the first time in the elevator, and he's like, he's like, that's a great uniform, and what did he say? He goes, great buttons, and great she, buttons, and she yeah. like scoffs, like she snickers yeah. at him, like, what's wrong yeah. with you, you know? Because she's very much, she's very strong. Like, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way. Her character is kind of takes no shit. Right. Well, but she doesn't even respect him until she accidentally presumes that he outranks her. Yes. Because he happens to be wearing <laughs> like, or like, there's just like, yeah. this conversation. Like, do do you outrank me? Oh, 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 goodness. And then, yeah. But because I think yeah. she can smell the fact that he's a clod. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's oafish. Yeah. He's just like a weird womanizer. He's not very good at it. And um allegedly yeah <laughs> right i don't know so um, ask patrick kilpatrick that question oh yeah 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 right wink wink two weeks two weeks <laughs> two weeks guys two weeks it's listen a wild in. interview listen in <laughs> it's a wild it interview. gets weird but um yeah fred ward gossip coming in hot <laughs> tricks tricks of the trade hashtag oh boy oh boy you want to learn something on yep. how to cheat on your wife accurately <laughs> Um, Jesus, I'm, I'm like trying to, I'm like, spoiler, spoiler. This reminds me of like, uh, yeah, I'd like to ace her deuce, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd like to fuck her on the tennis court. This is like, yeah, there's no, there's no subtlety at all. No, no subtlety, no. guys. You'll hear it in two weeks with Patrick Kilpatrick. Anyway, He's a yeah. wild guest. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, a couple things like when, when, uh, that I wanted to point out that were like side notes to me. One was, like what are things that were not memorable besides those certain scenes that go on too long? The style is very unmemorable in this movie. There's, there's no real, I think it's the other thing too, like certain eighties movies stand out to me because the style is so eighties. This is very much like 
Eh, okay. It's very bland. Or just or just like strong choices were made in a movie, you know, like yeah. like Streets of Fire. Yes. Or The Warriors. Or Fast Time to Reach My High. Or that's not 80s, but yes. Valley Girl, yes. whatever. Just like Real genius. Clear aesthetics, clear uh, set design. Totally agree with you. Yeah. It's just very like, there's one scene where he's wearing slacks and I'm just like yeah. with a leather jacket and a, and a turtleneck. Sh- and I'm just like, hey, it's so... But I did. I will say that I did dig his sweater at the end with those shoulder pads. Yes, like the shoulder. Yes, the military military sweater, really badass. Yeah, yeah. I had one like that. I thought I was Remo, and I'm like, I can walk on, I can run on sand, and like my feet will lift off the ground, and they did not. Um, And then the waste of food, the amount of food that was wasted in a a time when, because there's a scene where where Remo goes to the grocery store. Uh, well, earlier, before he goes to the grocery store, he's at Chun's place and he's like, where's all my food? And he's like, I threw it out, you know, he like, threw out my food. And then Remo goes to the grocery store to get rice, you know, my, my, what does he say? My Peking rice or something like very specific. I forget now. <laughs> and, um, uh, but he, he bought like SpaghettiOs and all of a sudden, and he's hiding them like, a, he, so Chun won't find him. Like yeah. you're hiding them, but he's yeah. going to see you cooking them and he's going to tell you to throw it out or he's, he's going to kick you out. He's going to smell that shit because it's disgusting. It. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it smells very strong. I mean, I love me some SpaghettiOs, but I haven't had them forever. But anyways, um, Chef and Boyardee. Chun throws it all out and yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's such a waste of food. Like Chun doesn't yeah. give a shit, whatever, you know, no. uh, you know, for he, he's, he's just the right age for for being a, a human but for a turtle what it's like what does he say like i don't know yeah anyways you, you watch the movie because he's so yeah. great in it um so those are the things that kind of were not memorable to me but but obviously you know joel gray is so memorable i know people are like oh and we even said it you can't do this now yeah you couldn't do this now but no. this isn't now this is 1985 uh, whether he's playing a caricature or not, it doesn't matter. What he does do is deliver a believable performance no. and entertaining as hell performance. He's so funny. Like the way he delivers his lines are so good. Um, but I was going to say that one of the pieces of this film, before we talk about anything song related, uh, the score to this movie really if this movie did not have the score it has, it would not be the same movie. Here's something I'll say about it, though. The score? Yeah. The score by Craig Safin. Yes. I believe. Yes. Right? Yes. There's this instant feeling that you get when you see, or when you see, when you hear the song, you're immediately like, you know, pumps you up. Yeah. It adds layers. We're adding in different, you know, we got the drums, we got the beat. But sometimes we're using the song at the totally wrong time. Okay. Like there's just some weird transition. Yes. It, you know, it's it, it to me, it's like this epic. It's like a superhero song. It's like Remo activate, you know? Oh, yeah. And sometimes you're like, yes. And then other times I'm like, this is wasted here. It could have been the for Remo. Yeah, totally. Because, because right, and like, or like Superman, like the instant you hear, dun, 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 you know, like cool shit's gonna happen. This song has all that momentum, 
but then it's kind of like it's just used not that great and i don't know you know it's this is a very this is kind of nitpicky yeah, to no, me it's fine. but i i you know sometimes they're playing it and there's just some he's just like holding onto a log yeah and it's going slow it's the slowest you know it's like there's not even like a handheld shot it's just like a long pan yeah. of him holding onto a log no you're right you're right i, I was actually thinking about that scene specifically because it's towards the end of the movie yeah. uh I, I was just tracking the movie to see how much time was left and there's because i'm like i'm just curious you know right you're like i'm getting a little i'm losing a little a little bit a little bit and 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 i looked at him like there's still 35 minutes to go with this movie how is that possible that is a long time Mm. and that song a lot yeah yeah, and and that song almost like maybe was put in place to stretch out the scene they like didn't want to cut the scene but they had to keep the scene moving to keep people excited about it yep. so they put the music in there to make it feel better who yep. knows yeah i mean because craig craig saffin he I mean, he composed last starfighter cheers we know that uh you know peter hackman a friend of the show is is a big fan yeah uh, actually peter hackman was integral in getting the soundtrack released on vinyl yeah uh which i own course and red vinyl i think um yeah i think so and uh it's a beautiful overall the score and and for context we know peter hackman friend of the show manager of vince decola it's so interesting you're talking you're talking about you know uh, the craig saffin score and that that's remo's theme yeah but technically it's not remo's theme the tommy shaw song that's played for Maybe eight seconds is actually called Remo's theme. It's called "What If" slash Remo's theme. Yeah, that's so weird to me when people do that. It is weird it's because it was words. never included on the soundtrack. Um, I would love to yeah. know from Peter specifically, maybe if he ever attempted to get that song yeah, on the soundtrack. The fuck, which would have been cool. Uh, I own this soundtrack, as you know by now on Instagram, on our soundtrack Saturdays. I have the Remo's theme by Tommy Shaw. I have the cassette that it was out on. I have the 45. Uh, I was obsessed with this song, obsessed with this song. Mm. And obsessed because I don't feel like it fits the scene that that it's in. I feel like it has it I feel like it doesn't belong in this movie. I don't think it does either, but <laughs> so I really love the song. Yeah, it's it's a great 80s jam, but it's yeah. It doesn't belong in the movie. Craig Saffin's score would have been fine. It's I mean, because like just think about the whole and maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem of, of this movie is that it it is so dark. Like Chun's character, it's 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 dark. Like this could it, maybe it should be really even darker. And then you can't have a song like, what if, what if the <laughs> chance? It's just a message yeah. I'm receiving. Right. And it's coming in clear, but it's not the one. Yeah. It's like a love song. Right. And I'm looking at Fred Ward with a grin on his face wearing someone else. So just to set the scene up, Fred Ward has almost been killed by this organization. And he's in the hospital. They've just basically told him, look, you're working for us now. They've they've given him a nose job. They've cut his hair. They've shaved his mustache <laughs> off. And and he escapes the hospital in someone else's suit. Yeah. And we know this because it's 
three or four inches shorter than his what it yeah, should yeah. be. And he escapes in an ambulance and drives off. Yeah. Don't say who the person is, uh, the ambulance driver is, because I'm going to ask you that in what does Dustin okay. know? Uh, and <laughs> drives off and then turns the stereo on. I'm assuming that's the song that's supposed to be playing on the stereo. Yes. And it is, quote unquote, the title song in the movie. It's called Remo's Theme. What if? Yeah. By Tommy it's... Shaw. Tommy Shaw of Styx fame and Damn Yankees. Can we talk about Damn Yankees anymore? Probably not because yeah. Ted Nugent's a dipshit. Anyways, Ted, Ted, Damn Yankees was a decent band. Um, Tommy Shaw, super talented dude. Great voice. Cool song. Great 80s cheese and it is like a love song it's like a song you want to play i could see it in miami vice or i could see it in a a a comedy with the corys or like um yeah you know or or a drama with i don't know um somebody like some hunky boy rob lowe or whatever (laughs) not not fred ward in a cheap short suit yeah just like any movie where like a guy just wants to get laid yeah like it would be fine there yeah you know? Or like Stallone driving in his car, you know, I don't know, Stallone movie or whatever. Yeah, but it's because it's not, I don't know. Because it's a place for like literally It's just so seconds. lighthearted for the, for, yeah, for, it's just so weird. Yeah, because yeah. Remo's driving and then suddenly the gun, uh, a gun gets popped in his head because it's <laughs> it's uh, the emperor. Yeah. And, you know, because he's, he's on him all the time. Yeah, take a left. And, yeah. And then, which is Next really funny. Right, it's yeah. a great scene because yeah. Remo's got this shit eating grin on his face like, I did it. I got out. Where are you going to go, yeah. though, dude? Where are you going to go? You're dead. You know? Yeah. What are you going to go back to the police force and say, I'm right. not dead? Anyways, that being said, the song is so good. Yeah, I agree. It's just like Remo's theme. Even just saying like Remo's theme is funny to me. I don't know. It's just yeah, so Remo's like, th- yeah. It's not Remo's theme. It's not. It's the yeah. Remo's theme is cue the music. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. That's Remo's theme. Calling it Remo's theme seems like something somebody did on YouTube or something to connect it to the movie or something. It doesn't seem like. It's something that would, would have been done in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Just to sell, sell a movie. This didn't. This movie didn't need to be sold on that song. But why and would it you? Wasn't sold on but that why song. would you do that? Because you wouldn't. You wouldn't like do that with James Bond. You wouldn't just have like a weird like pop song about like he's James Bond and he's going like unless you know it was played in the credits. Why didn't they? But didn't, well, because they would always have they would always have like a, like a yeah like a view to a kill or whatever. But it, but but this is not that. This is like the poppiest pop song. There's, There's nothing no sexy about it. There's no mention of Remo in the song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it, it would be like if they took if they took King of Wishful Thinking and call I don't even care. I don't care, but I don't know uh, Richard Gere's character's name in Pretty Woman. But if they called it, let's call him Harry. Yeah. Harry Reem's theme. Yeah, right. They, like that's Harry Reem's theme, King of Wishful Thinking. Right. Suddenly they slapped that on. Okay, for the movie, right? Right. They did release a song on Tommy Shaw's album as right. What If. As What If. But- not Remo's, Remo's theme. But it says Remo's theme. It's like, why um, didn't you just call What If? On Tommy's album, yes. it's called Remo's theme. It's called What If Remo's theme. What If slash yeah. hyphen. Yes. Or not hyphen, slash Remo's theme. On Tommy Shaw's album. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. What's with the slash? <laughs> why Why not just call Yeah, What If? Choose. It is called What yeah. If. There's no mention of Remo in yeah. the song. If this was like, what if Remo got his head caved in? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But can we think of any examples where that has ever worked successfully? Arthur? 
Arthur, he does what he pleases. Perfect example. Um, that took us 28 writers or whatever to write that song. Right, but then, then are there other ones where it's just like the character is just called out? The, the, the title character is called out. I don't know. I don't think so. Let's get on to some fun facts from 1985. All right. All right. So I'm just going to hit a couple. Uh, 1985, we've actually covered 1985 a few times, but uh, I just want to cover a few that we haven't talked about. Yeah. The Nintendo Entertainment System did officially get released in 1985. It was was released in Japan in 83, but it came out in October of 85, October being the same month that Remo Williams came out. A, a toy that came out during 1985 besides Nintendo actually it was like one of the top selling toys in 1985 was Teddy Ruxpin. Okay. I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about 2XL. Yeah. But Teddy Ruxpin, did you have a Teddy Ruxpin? I didn't. I One of my siblings did for sure. I think. I mean, I was around Teddy Ruxpin. Your brother and I, had it? Did Lance have it? It feels right. It feels like something that would be that would feels like Lance he did. Would have. It was yeah, it was weird. He he had he had a lot of those things. Like he had the My Pet Monster. He had uh, which still boggles your mind, doesn't it? He had uh, you know every every Roger Rabbit memorabilia known to man. Oh, that was his jam. Uh, yeah, that was his jam. Interesting. Please. <laughs> Uh, terrible impression oh my god um wow well well teddy ruxpin uh i did not have teddy ruxpin but i had what was it called bear bear and 2xl i had 2xl but i had the other one it was called i think it was called bear bear and he and he basically just went he imitated what you did he would make these weird great yeah you'd go i love you bear bear and you go so weird you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, wait a minute. I think I have. I own this Of course too. you did. I think I own this too. Oh, yeah. 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 It's called Bear Bear? I think it was called Bear Bear. Mm. I, I'm probably wrong on the name. A.G. Bear. A.G. Bear. A.G. Bear. Oh, my God. A.G. Guys, A.G. guys, if you don't know about A.G. Bear, you got to look it up. When kids talk, A.G. Bear talks back. Bears can't talk. I said bears can't talk. Do you have a mommy? He can't talk. You don't live in the forest? Don't interrupt me when I'm talking. What did he say? He said you were chubby. Huh? A.G. Bear. Battery not included. A.G. Bear. Did you have an A.G. Bear? <laughs> I think I did. I I, mean, we had an A.G. Bear. My brother had one. There were definitely some things that... that... There were definitely, but there were more. There were more toys that kind of caught on like this, right? Like that yeah. that did weird talking things or something. It, there were, and then yeah. obviously, I think there. I don't. I'm, maybe Teddy Ruxpin had the issue with eating people's hair. Uh, but mm. there was a Cabbage yeah. Patch controversy when they released it. On, you know, feeding Cabbage Patch or yeah. whatever. Um, I, I but I got to be honest with you. Two XL beats all of them to shame, in my opinion. <laughs> Last thing I want to mention about 1985, because again, we'll cover other 85 movies. So just one more little hit. The biggest hit song worldwide in 1985 was Shout by Tears for Fears. Heard of it. Oh, it's amazing. Let it all out. That's, uh, that, band, that band is so amazing. And I know 
they recently did a, a live version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. They did it last, mm-hmm. I think, in the, in 2021, yeah. maybe. And people were like, they look so old. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you do realize they've been around for like 40 some that's odd what, years. That's what happens with aging. Yeah. Hello. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. As, as, as one would say, in two weeks, guys, two weeks, two weeks, Patrick Kilpatrick will be here. Uh, be on the lookout for a lot of fun content this month on Patreon. Um, Two dollars, six questions with Patrick, which is really good. He actually so good that we might include some of it in his actual interview and just like yeah. a teaser for for non Patreon fans. Um, Tales from the Video Store this month. So many great. What does Dustin know? Which we'll be recording really quickly yeah. after this. And I, I know a lot in the '90s, and I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go. We're gonna record, and I'm excited to, to, to go back to my, my consecutive losing streaks. Oh, it's gonna be 80s. good. You know, it's gonna be good. Yep. Uh, why does Zach own this? There's a really fun one this month in, in store, as there always are. Uh, yeah. But, you... but currently, right now, like airing as, as this is airing, uh, we have uh, the Police Academy Four. Uh, Citizens on Patrol soundtrack featured. Oh yes, um, that's right. What does Dustin know? NBA NBA edition, edition for the NBA. Very playoffs. good one. Like a lot of fun content. Yeah. And if you're not a Patreon, um, we we've got some. We're making some. We could be making some fun changes to it. If you are a Patreon, you know what we're talking about, and it's really cool. So please consider becoming a patron. Uh, if you have not subscribed to our channel yet on YouTube, please do that because we have some more. We have a live show coming up in June with a an alum of $2 late fee. Uh, she is very excited to come back on and talk about a book she has just written. So more information on that will be coming soon. If you're not a f- subscriber or a follower to our iTunes, Spotify, please consider doing so. And if you haven't written a review yet, I know we say it in our outro, but it, it does go a long way. If, if you can't, and we totally understand if you can't become a Patreon, that's fine. Uh, but if you can re give us a little review, that would be great. And if you are a Patreon already, thank you guys for all your support. Very, very well said all around. Last thing I wanted to bring up, because I meant to say it earlier, this movie came out in 1985, Remo Williams. Uh, the following year, Jake Speed came out in 86. And I was just thinking, I'm like, Jake Speed remo williams i used to watch those two movies back to back all the mm, time mm-hmm. that was like yeah i don't know why yeah but the maybe because it was so not mainstream and i love things that were not that were not mainstream to me it was like jake speed and remo williams two great names two very different movies but two fun kind of like in a weird way in the universe they're connected i don't think i even understood what the concept of mainstream was until much later in life like it didn't even register to me um yeah well because now now it just means something totally different really in, in the world of you know what they what we always call non-stop content quote quote because everything's content true so you got yeah and most kids these days they they just they don't even watch they just watch their phones i know or whatever so if you're a kid listening to this show go watch remo williams yeah. on youtube on your phone yeah watch it and let us know what you think of it. Uh, I give it uh, holds up, two thumbs up. Totally yeah, same. It's good. Same Z's. It's good. And um, you know the song may not have fit the movie, but what if? It's still a really fun song. It is. 
two weeks. Patrick Kilpatrick, great stuff. Thank you guys. As always, you know the rules. Hi, this is Patrick Kilpatrick, and you're listening to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin, two wonderful gentlemen. I hope that you'll tune in readily. Hey! Hi, Duke. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. Who the fuck took my Cokes? All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2 Late Fee Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.